Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. But it's never too late to call on God. It is never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to just stop and say, all right, I messed up. I haven't been listening. I've been stupid, whatever. But God, what should I do to fall on your knees and repent? David began to inquire of the Lord, shall I pursue? Will I overtake them? Amen. And God answered immediately. You can recover all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Everybody's got their story. Everybody's got the the sad story. But friend, you can recover. You don't have to live with less than what God. He is the God who promised life and that more abundantly. Amen. There is an anchor, amen, that keeps you in the middle of all those storms of life. Amen. And God does recover. He does expect us to live with less than the full blessings of God. book of Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8 and for the sake of time I'll just jump down to the end of the story and read verse 18 first Samuel chapter 30 verse 8 and then verse 18 and then I'm going to read Psalm 34 19 and I'm reading from the new King James version because I like the way it's worded for what I want to share with you today And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. And verse 18, And David recovered all that the Malachites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your people, your presence, which we feel here, Lord. I ask that you speak to our hearts and lives and you confirm your word today. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if uh, you've ever had the, uh, you've ever had the unfortunate, the unfortunate experience of being robbed or having something stolen from you. Uh, the first time I was robbed actually wasn't in Mexico, although first time we ever left the country, we went to Mexico, and uh, that's when the Lord spoke to me and all that, and we ended up moving a year later. But I had never been outside of the country. I hadn't traveled too far out of Missouri, Indiana. Branson was pretty far for, uh, we'd go to Nashville, we'd venture as far as Nashville, every, Tennessee, every once in a while for the uh, for our vacation. So, But leaving the country, uh, I remember standing in Mexico City, largest city in the world at that time and a man came up to me and I didn't speak fluent Spanish but I understood enough he told me be careful son here they'll steal the socks off your feet without taking your shoes off (laughs) so (laughs) 
I knew to be wary that people were stealing and would take things, but first time I ever came home from work uh, and someone had broken in and gone through our entire house and we hadn't been married that long. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have things that were worth a lot, but they went through everything we had. It was an awful feeling. Uh, and the things that they stole were things that that weren't so much monetary value, but my grandpa... My grandpa Gwen, or actually that my grandma had remarried after my, her first husband died, but he had, uh, I had been left a couple guns that he had given me. They weren't worth that much, a shotgun and a, and a rifle, but it weren't that they were valuable guns, but then they had taken them, and all of us uh, grandkids, we all had a quilt that, that my, our grandmother, our grandma Hassel, had made out of her old dresses, and they wrapped the guns up in the quilt uh, that was made out of my grandma's old dresses, and they hauled them out. And so they took things that insurance money couldn't replace. They took things. It, it's a terrible thing when someone comes in and takes what's yours. And it's a, it's an awful feeling. David, uh, knew what it was, not just to be robbed, not just to have physical things taken, but to have everything complete, everything that he had, everything that was of value and everything that meant anything to him had been taken. And this was a, a strange time in his life. Uh, really it was, but, but David, he said, God, what do I do? Should I go? And God said, David, you're getting it all back. Say to your neighbor, you're getting it all back. Everything that's been taken from you, you will recover it all. Somebody said, you know, it's kind of like playing a country music song backwards. You get your truck back, you get your dog back, get your house back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but David, uh, the situation in his life, it's, I don't even, I don't understand. I don't know what was going through his mind. He was living life on the run. Saul was envious of his anointing. And uh, he, men had uh, come gathered to David. He had his mighty men, 600 of them, the Bible says. And he formed a, a pretty good team. And, but David, he, he was so pressured that he left Israel and he went to live with the Philistines. He was living with the enemy. And he wound up working as a mercenary for a Philistine warlord or a king named Achish. And he fought with Achish for a year and four months, the Bible says. Rapidly, he became highly respected and trusted by Achish. So much so that he gave him and his men a place called Ziklag. And he said, you and your families, you can live there. He, he gave them Ziklag. And so they were, they were living there. You know, God knows how to bless you even in the worst of circumstances. Even when things aren't ideal, even when people are out after you, God still knows how to bless you. Amen. God still knows. God was taking care of David. But suddenly David and his men, they found themselves in a very compromising position because they got orders to go and meet Achish and who they were working for and to, to march, three days march, and that they were going to go to battle. And when they get there, they find out that they're going to attack Israel. And what I don't understand is David didn't say, oh, wait a minute. I can't do that because those are my friends and family and, and neighbors. David was apparently, he didn't say no. He was ready to go to battle. And uh, apparently there, there were other people, cooler heads prevailed. And they went to Achis and they said, you know, you can't trust David and his men. We're about to attack 
the people that he knows. And even if he says yes, in the middle of the battle, he could see friends, family, someone. He could turn on us in the middle of the battle, and this could go against us. You need to send him home. And so after having marched for three days to get to the battle and being ready to go into battle, Akis looks at him and says, you know what, David, just, just go back home. We don't need you after all. And so three days march to the battle. Three days they march back home. And when they get back home to Ziklag, they came back to find that another enemy, the Amalekites, had come in in their absence and had completely cleaned them out. They'd stolen everything that they had. And like the criminals that they were, what they couldn't steal, what they couldn't take, they destroyed. They burned their homes. And worse than all the material possessions and all of that was they took their families. They took their wives. They took their children. They didn't know what was happening to them. They were, they were completely everything. It was complete devastation. And these men, these warriors, seasoned warriors who were respected among warriors, they broke down, the Bible says, and they wept until there was no more strength in them. And in their weeping, they turned to David and they said, this is your fault. And they began to speak of stoning him. And they were right. It was David's fault. Because David had taken them and headed off to battle and headed off to go to work and took everything with him. He didn't leave one soldier at home to watch the home front. He didn't leave any resources at home to protect the most valuable thing to him. The whole reason that he was fighting. He left it completely unprotected. And because he had left their families unprotected, the enemy had taken advantage of it. And in their absence, they didn't mean for it to happen. But because of their uh, not taking care and, and, and protecting what was theirs, the enemy had taken it. There was someone else at fault, King Saul. Because God had told King Saul years before to destroy the Amalekites. It's what led to him losing his anointing and, and David being anointed and provoking this whole situation also. He had decided to keep what was best for himself and blame the people. That was the day the anointing of God left him and came to rest on David. You know, there's some enemies, if you and I don't obey God and eradicate them from our life, all we're doing is passing on a problem to the next generation. There's some things not, there's no lack of respect for elder, but there's some battles. If you don't face it, the next generation will have to face it and it'll be worse. There's some things that, that the children pay the consequences for. And so there's some things, but our obedience to God is important, not just to us, but for future generations that, that will have to fight unnecessary battles. And so they were faced an enemy that shouldn't even existed had come in and wiped them out. And David, as he, the Bible says in the middle of these overwhelming circumstances, uh, uh, in, in the middle of all of this, David began to, he became stressed. He was greatly distressed, the Bible says, because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because his sons and his daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. What do you do when you're faced with overwhelming circumstances? When you are weary spiritually, emotionally, even somewhat at fault or mostly at fault as David was, there's some forms of stress a vacation cannot cure. And there's, that's good to get away. But there's some forms of stress that 
your husband, your wife, the pastor, there's some forms. The only relief you can get is in the presence of God. The only answer you're going to get is when you, the only strength you'll get is directly from the throne of God. Amen. And so when David, when everything was completely lost and he was about to have his own life taken, David, the Bible says, called for the ephod. He said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it and David inquired of the Lord just like a lot of us crying over spilled milk now the problem is a complete disaster and it's the, the blame games happening and who knows what to do but it's never too late to call on God it is never too late to do the right thing it's never too late to just stop and say all right I messed up I haven't been listening I've been stupid whatever but God what should I do to fall on your knees and repent David began to inquire of the Lord shall I pursue will I overtake them amen and God answered immediately. Yes. He could have said, you know, sometimes it's wait on the Lord. Moses said, Moses gave good advice when everybody was panicked and the Egyptians were following. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And it was good advice because if you don't know what to do, well, do what you know to do. You know how to pray. You know how to fast. You know how to trust and, and wait on God. But, but then God, eventually, God speaks to Moses and says, well, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to move forward. Well, how do you know when it's time to stand still? And how do you know when it's time to move forward? When God says move forward, even if there's an ocean in front of you, even if it's impossible, even if the sea is there, when God says move forward, no, not back that way. No, no, move forward where it's impossible to move. And God parted the ways. Amen. And so God said, David, go after them. I pastored a lady uh, in Mexico City. Second church we pastored. Her name was Sister Kata. She passed away a few years ago. Her whole family serves the Lord, or dear friends to this day. She became like the Mexican grandma to my children when we moved to Mexico. And she was just this godly, apostolic, Pentecostal lady with her gray hair up on a bun on her head. And uh, she, she was just Pentecostal grandma. And her son worked for banks in Mexico City. And uh, one day she was on the subway system in Mexico City, which was, is the second largest in the world, I believe, or third. And uh, she was transferring money from one bank to another, carrying cash. It wasn't hers, but she was getting paid to do it. Uh, just kind of like a side job. And a purse snatcher came running up, grabbed her purse, took off running. I don't know how much money was in the bag, but it was a lot more than Sister Kata could pay back. And it wasn't hers. And she said she stopped right there in the middle of the subway way and this guy's running off and she said lord who do i do that's not my money i can't pay that back and she said as clear as day the lord spoke to her and said go get it <laughs> and so she took off running after the guy you can imagine the pentecostal grandma with her bun on her head and she hollered she said in the name of jesus you drop my bag right now she said the young man stopped turned around i don't know what he saw he had a look of fear on his face he threw her bag down and took off running because god said go get it I'm telling you, you can recover everything. Aren't you tired of the enemy taking what belongs to you? Aren't you tired of things that you should have that the enemy's taking? And so God said, go get it. 
David and his weary men. Now, they weren't very prepared to do this. As a matter of fact, they were in horrible circumstances to do it. They had marched three days to a battle and a fruit and three days back. If you've ever like worked and worked and worked and really just like accomplished nothing, there's nothing more frustrating and, and just spinning your wheels while six days up there or three days up, three days back and then finding everything gone, wept until they had no more strength in them. They were weary. But then David says, nope, God spoke to me. Let's go. They didn't even know where they were at, but we're going to take off and we're going to go get them. And so they took off, the Bible says. And the first place they came to was a brook called Besor, a valley called Besor. Now, I read it as Besor because I just imagined they were sore. <laughs> and it, it literally means a cold place, cold brook, cold river. It was a cold place. And 200 of the 600 men just said, I can't go on. Now, these weren't guys out of shape like me. These were warriors. These were men who their job was to do battle and march. And, but they just gave out. They were too weary. They were too exhausted emotionally, spiritually, as well as physically, which will take a toll on you as well. 200 men said, I can't go on. 200 men said, the offense is too great. 200 men said, you don't understand what they've done to me. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't know how I failed. 200 men were so exhausted. A third of the men just gave out. Friend, over someone, I don't know, who stopped speaking to them, offended them, being lied on, mistreated to. I don't know if you've ever been in a cold place spiritually. I don't know if you've ever hit a cold spot serving God. It doesn't mean you backslid. Doesn't mean that you don't believe in God, but you just, you know, when you're praying and you're like, I don't know, are you getting, am I getting through here, God? I don't see any changes. 200 men, you have to get past the cold place if you're going to get what is yours. You have to get past what, you have to get past what you think you can't do because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I just want to encourage someone, don't let a cold place stop you. Don't let a cold place spiritually, emotionally, otherwise stop you from recovering everything that belongs to you. If you're going to reclaim what belongs to you, you're going to have to get past the cold place. Amen. And so the Bible says they found a young Egyptian man. He was a slave. He had been beaten. He was left half dead. And... They took the time to revive him. I don't think it was so altruistic on their part because as soon as the guy could talk, they were saying, hey, tell us where they're at and we'll let you live. And so he says, well, I'll lead you right to them. And the Bible says that he led them straight to where their, their, uh, straight to where their families were. He led them straight to where the Amalekites were. And the Bible says in verse 16, he led David down and there they were scattered over the countryside. Eating, drinking, and reveling. In Spanish, it says, haciendo fiesta, having a party. They were having a party because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. Aren't you tired of the enemy having a party with what belongs to the church? Aren't you tired of your family or having a party, musicians playing in the world, young people caught up in worldliness and immorality instead of being in that people that ought to be in the house of God, but the enemy's having a party with them, the enemy's just kind of like shoving it in your face. Aren't you sick of that? Amen. David, I can't imagine any fury more that if anything would motivate you. And the Bible says they descended on them and they were infused with divine strength because from that afternoon all the way to the next afternoon, they fought. They, they destroyed the enemy. 
me. They recovered everything. The Bible says everyone there, they, they did everything that they had been, had been taken from them. They recovered. There was nothing left. Amen. Only, uh, only a, a few hundred men jumped on camels, young men, and escaped. Everything else, but they recovered everything that the enemy had taken from them. You can recover all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Everybody's got their story. Everybody's got the, the sad story. But friend, you can recover. You don't have to live with less than what God. He is the God who promised life and that more abundantly. Amen. There is an anchor, amen, that keeps you in the middle of all those storms of life. Amen. And God does recover. He does expect us to live with less than the full blessings of God. And so the Bible says they recovered all. Did you stand with me? I'm not going to take a whole lot longer. But this is really what victory looks like. Because they're coming back and they, and they, 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 you know, they didn't just lose a house, a car, all their money in a bank account. Because I can tell you, in moments of crisis, in moments of true crisis, your first thought is not for your material possessions. I know what it's like to wake up in a hospital and them telling you you've been in an accident and wondering about your... The first thought is not, oh, what happened to my new SUV? <laughs> it's, where's my family? <laughs> where's my wife? Are, are my kids okay? And they had lost the most tragic thing, the closest thing to them. And the, the, the joy of recovering you know the joy when uh, of recovering what was theirs everything they got it back but then the bible says they came back because they were headed back home and they went back the same way and they got their besor and i cannot imagine being one of those 200 men i can't imagine looking my wife in the face and going honey i'm so sorry you know i i, I was trying i wanted to come get you but i was just too tired I just couldn't go on anymore. I just couldn't do it. And, and the Bible says that of wicked and worthless men who were with David, who were, in, who were part of the church, who were part of his team, part of the ones who had conquered and got everything back, that wicked and worthless men who were with him said, you know what, tell them that they can take their families and get out. They don't deserve anything because we were just as tired as they were. We went through just as much as they did. And they gave out and we didn't. And David said, no, no, no. That's not how this is going to happen. Because we didn't do this. There but for the grace of God could be any one of us. He said, no. Everyone is going to receive an equal portion. The ones who stayed, the same as the ones who went. Because it's God who gave us the victory. It's God who gave us back everything. Amen. Because we're not just fighting. You're not just fighting for what is yours. You're not just fighting for the prodigal in your life or for the person who's walked away or for the joy or for the peace that you used to have or for a ministry or for a future. Or You're not just fighting for those things. You're also fighting for the people who aren't here today. Right, right, that's right. And there's no condemnation. We're fighting also for those who got stuck in a cold place. Amen. Because you can recover all. It's a promise from the Word of God. Every promise in the book belongs to you and I. 
lift your hands to heaven I invite you to find your way to the altar and whatever it is whoever it is whatever faces in your mind or or whatever it is that you want back that the enemy has taken from you in life it, it's it's not that it, it, or if you're in that cold place amen I want to encourage you the strength of the Lord God will infuse you with strength amen you can recover everything they not only came back with everything that belonged to them they even had more they had all the spoils because God is a God who gives any life and that more abundant Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.